Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. The Cal Bear, look at that skateboard, made his way around the NFL, sort of following Kyle Shanahan around, if you will. Uh, the current San Francisco 49er having a great season, joining us on Stack in the Box, courtesy of Special Olympics. Alex Mack, we really appreciate you taking time, and yet another, hopefully for you, a Pro Bowl season to be. Congrats on your success this year. Oh, thank you. It's been a fun year so far. We've had a couple ups and downs, but uh, we're in the hunt and, you know, our offense is doing well and just got to keep, keep plugging away. I feel like this may be a little too hyperbolic, but you know how to handle a up season as well as a down season, perhaps as well as anyone in the NFL right now. Right. I mean, the struggles in Cleveland were long and lengthy and then you end up in Atlanta and you're in the Super Bowl and then you lose one of the most uh, famous Super Bowl games of all time. And now, you know, back in the mix here, you know, fighting for a playoff spot with San Francisco. So you, you've, in essence, you've experienced it all, right? It, the full spectrum uh, <laughs> or almost the full spectrum, but uh, yeah, it's, it teaches you a lot in terms of being in up and down years and good teams, bad teams. And the, the, the like lesson I always took away was like, you can't control a lot of it. You just have to take care of your own business, put in the work, do it every day. And, you know, be as good of a player as you can be. And that is the best way to help your team. You know, you spent seven years beginning of your career in Cleveland and that was a team, obviously look, let's, I mean, it was known for having dysfunction at the time, not having a ton of success. But I want to actually touch on... It was on never one. boring. It was never no. boring. <laughs> no, it was not. We're going to get there. Uh, but one of the things that always fascinated about that team looking back is you guys had a great offensive line. I mean, if you really go back and look, you know, yourself, Joe Thomas, Mitch Schwartz, I believe Joel Batonio was on that line. Like, that line was one of the best in the league, and usually that portends success, like at least to some extent. Of course, it didn't. Part of that having uh, to be because of who lined up behind you all those years. Uh, but, I mean, you look back, you ever think about that? Like, man, how the hell did we not have more success considering how good we were up front? We had a really good group. And it was one of those things when you go back to, like, taking care of business. We were, I mean, early in the career, we, we weren't winning games. And we'd come every day in the O-line room. And, you know, we put together some really good games. And, like, we did a really good job, like – and just as a team, we just it didn't fit together that week. And we're like, all right, well, like we can do a little better. Like we not, not we didn't all play perfectly, and so we we ended up really through the the grind of it all, honing, working hard every week, and like really trying to get better and trying to like do every scratch every inch, scratch for every inch, just to get that little bit like you know put us over and get get a win. Uh, and I think that really helped, you know, develop a lot of, 
you know, you know, talent and skills. And uh, as a group, we really had a, a good group of guys there and we played really some really good ball, just didn't win games. I got to ask a Johnny Manziel question. If he, Alex, in your mind, if he had spent his time in the film room, had had kale and was doing Pilates and just like did everything you could possibly do right. Do you think he would have been successful as an NFL quarterback? Uh, you know, I'm not a, a real quarterback guy to figure out what it takes and what it doesn't. I do know that there's a lot of guys with a lot of talent in this league that just didn't put the work in and they're no longer in the league. And there's guys with less talent that really focus on and focus on the details and they know what's going on and they've been incredible players. And I would say, you know, for most guys, if you really put the work in, you can, you know, grind out a, a career in the league. You know, for all those years you spent in Cleveland, then we'll, we'll move on. Cause obviously you've had great success both in Atlanta and now San Francisco, but what you have one story that you just look back and go that, that epitomized those years in Cleveland, you know, whether it was a coach, a quarterback, a teammate, or what, whatever the case, and you look back and go, man, that that's it. Those that, that right there, that story sums it all up. Uh, I mean, there's a good number of different stories. I just think the the year we had uh, Chudzinski, uh, we we were coming into the last game of the year, and there was a like, rumor that he was going to get fired, and we we're like, no way, you know, like he, he's it's the first year, like you can't can't do anything. We we're doing all right, you know, like we're, we're building here, and then they sure enough they fired him on the bus ride back. And we're like, oh, God, you know, this again. And it was just a real, real tough. It's tough to make the hard decision of sticking with a coach and giving your team consistency. And, you know, sometimes it's the right move to move on and sometimes it's not. But, you know, it seemed like for my whole career in Cleveland, it was always switching things up, moving around. Uh, you know, changing coaches, changing GMs, and it, it it's just it's just tough to win that way. It's hard to build consistency and really learn a system when things are changing all the time. And it it just that 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 was tiring for sure. This is a question should be difficult to answer, but like it's always the question in the NFL. Like last night, the Patriots threw the ball three times, and people are just talking about how great of a coach Belichick is and the Belichick and Brady conversation. And now you're teeing up just different coaches. And I'm wondering, you know, to me, it's always been, if you have talent, you're and guys, let's say doing it the right way, you're going to, you're going to win football games. But in your mind, like, what is the value of having a, a coach, maybe like Kyle Shanahan, who really knows what they're doing? Like, how much impact can a, can a, even if the talent is not as high, how much impact in your mind can a great coaching staff have on a team? A huge amount. You know, I think uh, not to judge talent up or down, but the ability for the coaching staff to get people motivated on the same page in a system that they you know, thrive in, ask them to perform tasks and, you know, techniques that they're good at. That's all part of developing a team and drafting the right people and coaching your guys up and putting them in positions and knowing your squad and how to use them. And I, I think that's something that Kyle does really well. I think it's a system of offense that I really like and I play really well in. And so when, you know, he was in Cleveland as the OC and I was like, this is amazing. And then he left. 
went to Atlanta and then I was a free agent. I was like, I know I like that system. I want to go back there. And then, you know, one year in Atlanta with me, go to the Super Bowl, then he goes to San Francisco. And so this is the third time where I'm a free agent. And it's like, that's a system I like. That's a coach I know. And I want to go there. You know, at what point after all the years in Cleveland, you sign with, with a five-year deal with Atlanta and you get there and immediately go to the Super Bowl. And it's a great offense. One of the greatest offenses in NFL history by a lot of statistical measures, right? Like how long did it take you after all that losing to be like, man, we're actually, we're winning like a lot of games. Like we're really good. Like, this could be a team that is not just going to be a playoff team, but could really challenge for something special. My memory of that year was is that we were kind of okay for the first half of the year, and then we got hot at the end of the year. Like we figured it out, and we we really hit our stride, you know, towards the back half of the season. And it wasn't until the last like two or three games where we're like, "Wow, we're really in the hunt here," and we ended up, you know, getting a first round by that year, I think. Yep. And that was a very close thing. So like we were very much in the hunt kind of, okay, we're, we're doing pretty well. And then all of a sudden, like we have a buy it, it, it happened fast, but I remember it with that year was the first time as in a player, I had won more than uh, five games in yeah. Cleveland. The, the you, one year we had Kyle, we, I think we won seven, but I was on IR for you know that sixth win and so i was like this is a big moment guys <laughs> I, I was looking at two years with eric mangini five and eleven uh Shermer comes in four and twelve um you know your quarterbacks are Colt mccoy brandon whedon here comes jason campbell brian hoyer johnny manzel i mean your ocs you ran through a ton of them john d filippo on the back end you had Norv Turner, you had Brad Childress. I mean, they were searching real <laughs> all far and wide. It was never boring. <laughs> I mean, I, it taught me a lot. I have a, a lot of experience now. I, I've learned a lot of different offenses. I've worked with a lot of different coaching staffs. Uh, you know, I, I go to different teams and there's all kinds of people. I mean, it helps when you play a long time but you visit other teams and after the game or before the game, you, you see the coaches and you're like, Oh yeah, how are we doing? And like, I know more coaches and players now pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'll, that'll happen as the career goes on. You know, I wanted to ask you personally, I mean, you now look, you're in your age 36 season. You've been in the league for you know closing in, not quite yet, but almost 15 seasons here. I believe this is what year 13, 13. and six pro bowls. Three second-team All-Pros in a, at a position that's very hard to make All-Pro because obviously there's you know, two guards, two tackles, only one center. Um, you were the all you're on the All-Decade team, which is an extremely high honor and one that portends being in the Hall of Fame very often. Do you ever think about that? And don't just give the couch dancer of like, no, I never stop thinking about that. I because that's such BS. Most guys say that we know it's not true. But do you ever stop and just go, man? I've had a great career, and like at some point, my name's going to be up for Canton. And I've got a real shot to get there. Uh, I mean, every day I try hard. I'm taking care of my body. Like being good at football is very boring. It is a tough slog of a season. And it, it is hard to do the little things and focus on the details and every week. And the legacy I want to leave is why I do the work I do. 
you know, I want to be known as a certain type of player and have my teammates speak highly of me and coaches to really, you know, respect what I do. And all that combines into, you know, what you leave behind you when you, when you leave this league. And so that's something that I really believe in. And every time I put on the film, I want it to be look one way. And I, I take a lot of pride in that. And all those accolades kind of reflect that attitude, I think. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. You underlined the Kyle Shanahan a couple times. What was that conversation like going into this season, like deciding that, yeah, I'm going to go to San Francisco? Uh, it was tough. You know, like you, you, the NFC West is not an easy place to come play. You know, it's a really tough division with a lot of good defenses and that was not enticing. <laughs> I think it beat in California was nice and like the location and, you know, uh, I think it came down to the system and who I knew Kyle was as a coach and the style he brings and how he speaks to the team and, you know, just the, the type of person he is and the people he brings around and where I could play the best offense and where I could be the best version of myself and hit the ground running. And I, I think San Francisco was the, was the right place for me. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, no, I'm, I'm curious because this year, just like last year with everything going on with the pandemic, I mean, it's really, it's been so challenging, not only of course in NFL life, just in regular life, things have been going on and, um, I think the NFL really on the whole, as not only the league, but players have done such a good job of navigating it. Um, how much harder has the pandemic made it on you as a player? Just trying to navigate it. Try, you know, you, every once in a while, hey, all of a sudden somebody's on the list. They can't play this week or they can't practice all week. How hard has that been for you guys? Uh, it's been tough. It's been hard to like scout teams, know what's going to happen. And guys are up, guys are down. Are they down? Are they coming back? And they're on film. They're not on films. So, like that's been a challenge. I think the, not to the complain, but I think the tough thing is, it's just last season with all the very heightened protocols and really not the fear of the unknown really sucked a lot of the fun away. It just became very hard to, enjoy football when you couldn't see your teammates and like we kind of got rid of the locker room and so like it was just this it was just it was only work and there was no fun at all about right. socializing with the guys and bonding and you couldn't go out and you had to stay at home all the time and you know I think I think that probably reflected a lot of people feeling that way up just about you know last year um, but it, it it made it tough to really enjoy football how do you size up this season for you guys, Alex? I mean, it's, you were, a lot of people were picking you and, and then you had a s slower start now coming back into it right now in the thick of the playoff race. Like, yeah, how, we're in the yeah. hunt. You know, we've had our ups and downs. We've had some close games that, you know, didn't go our way. And with all that said, like we're in the hunt. All you need is a ticket to the show. Uh, we just got to keep playing good ball and win the next couple games and, 
you know, stay in the playoff picture. And then it's about being getting hot in January, you know, making sure you play your best ball at the end of the year. And, you know, when it comes to one and done, just keep winning those games. Now, I mentioned uh, earlier how long you've been in the league. And I'm, I'm curious, you played in the AFC, you played in the NFC, three different divisions. Who are, who are some of the guys, maybe, you know, a couple, two or three names, that guys that when you're lined up against them, you're like, man, this day is going to suck. This guy's a pain in the ass to block. Physical, maybe he's even a little dirty. Like, who are some guys you're like, just, this, is, this is not a week I'm looking forward to? Well, I mentioned earlier, like the uh, NFC West, uh, you know, playing Aaron Donald is not fun. He's a good player. You know, he deserves all the accolades he gets. And he's, he's a problem for, you know, offenses. And so, like, that's a guy that you don't love playing against just because he's very talented and he can do some really special things. I remember back in the uh, AFC you know, North days, Haloti Nada was just – he's a special guy. You know, he's, he's huge and moves really well. And that was always a, a not a fun adventure. Um, there's just – there's always guys that are hard to deal with that are, are big loads and, you know, makes it a, a long Sunday. So it's interesting that you say Donald uh, and I, not interesting in that everybody gives Aaron Donald props, but like we've interviewed him at the Super Bowl, and he was working, I think with Snickers at the time and he walks up and I'm like, that's him. Like he doesn't, you're six four three eleven. I believe if I didn't know who you were, I'm like this guy's got to play football or something's going on. With Aaron Donald, he doesn't have. He doesn't look like he's like the best defensive lineman. Like, what is it? The speed that makes him so tough? Uh, yeah, he's just he's quick, explosive. Uh, he's pretty talented. He has a great you know movement and slippery. He's just he's very dynamic, and it's hard to pin down. Uh, I think I chose Haloti and. Uh, Aaron Donald, because they're opposite sides of the spectrum. Hody's massive and moves pretty well. Aaron is a, a bit smaller, but moves a lot better. <laughs> He's just hard to get your hands on. And you can you know go real quick, and it's just speed's hard to beat. You know, I, I remember I, I was fortunate enough in my college days to, to cover a few games from the sideline, just working as a as an absolute nobody for ESPN, on the, and, and basically getting Emmett Smith his coffee, and they let me stand on the sideline. And I remember there was a game. Uh, in fact, first one ever, Dallas and, and Buffalo, right? Actually, what well, you would have been in college at the time, too. Um, I don't think people understand like the speed at which those guys move, despite the fact they're 300 plus pounds. You know, like I remember watching some of those guys on the interior, and it sounded like a car crash, and guys just jump up. Like, I remember a couple years later, Vince Wilfork, like seeing him down on the field in person and being like, I can't imagine how anybody blocks this dude ever. Like, he's got to be pushing 350, and yet he's, like, nimble as a cat, like, getting down the line of scrimmage. Like, how is this even possible? And, and, and the only reason I bring that up is to Carm's point with Donald. I interviewed him at the Super Bowl the year they played the Pats, and it's true. Like, I remember walking up to him. The guy can't have more than, like, 7% body fat, and yet he's, like, taking on double teams and just wailing guys with 330 pounds. The, the amount of an athlete that you have to be to play at that position and certainly, you know, play on the O-line, play on the line is just spectacular to me, I think, compared to what most people think of, oh, well, he's 320, he can just anchor. There's a lot of people who are 320 pounds who can't anchor, who can't move like that. It's truly, it really is, it's something to behold with some of these guys. Yeah, offensive line in terms of what 
there we are asked to do is an interesting dynamic because you can't just if you're just big and you can't move you're no good you have to be able to move and if you're just if you're just great at moving then maybe you're not big enough and so there's this weird dynamic there and then just the the technique of offensive line is very difficult like you're 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 one of the few positions in sport where you, you you're not looking at the ball it's behind you doing something you don't know. And so you're looking outwards and you're hoping people are where they think they are. Um, your, your feet are apart. You're trying to like, you know, bench press standing up. It's it just a lot of really awkward things that go, goes on with offensive linemen. Or if you're a receiver, like you're, you're running. You know, <laughs> a little oversimplification for, for a receiver. I have a lot of respect for those guys, but you know, everyone knows how to run. <laughs> I do uh, a Bears post game show in Chicago, Alex, on the radio. And one of the guys that I do with, he's, he's in his 80s. He played in the 60s, Ed Obradovich, complete lunatic. And the Bears have had their struggles on the offensive line. And what he keeps on yelling for is they, they should do fire out blocking to, to, allow, to allow the guys to attack and not, not sit back and, and, and just be the first to engage. Uh, do you, what do you think of that strategy for yourself? Like, do you, do you prefer to pass blocking? Well, I, I mean, I think they're saying it, and he's saying it, and, like, these guys, if, if they go backwards, they got no chance. They're just going to get run over. So, like, how do you, you know, how, how do you strategize for in, in that situation? But, sure, e- even in pass blocking, would, like, do you like to be the aggressor? How do, how do, you, how do you look at that? Uh, I mean, a couple different ways to answer the question. In terms of, like, what, as an offensive lineman and something I think this offense does well in San Francisco is just being a very run-heavy team and establishing the run game, controlling the time, controlling the clock, uh, setting up play action through the threat of being able to run the ball effectively. And then you can really take a lot of the bite out of the defense because they're not just – know it's a pass, pinning the ears back and, you know, running downhill at you. And so that is something as a lineman I really like doing. But in terms of pass protection, you try to mix up your sets and stance and, you know, try to keep people guessing. And if you always do the same thing, the defense is going to learn that and try to really attack you. So you try to keep your offense very dynamic and not let them know exactly what's going on and, you know, take advantage of that. Again, speaks to yeah. coaching. Go ahead, Varim. No, I was going to say, you know, one actually speaking to, to switching up and, and being different, one of the guys I've always been fascinated with, and he's not playing right now, though, if you ask him, he's not retired either, Mitch Schwartz, who, of course, your former teammate. And if you watched him, especially I, I got to see a, a ton of him in Kansas City over the years, he would set guys up for days with moves, you know, a lot of things, you know, show his hands and pull them back. Guys would swipe it there. He'd get leverage. You know, something the Hamilton move, which he loves to do all the time, right, that technique. How long did it take you into your NFL career before you felt like you had enough tools in the bag? Like, All right, I don't care who I'm going up against, what style, quicker, stronger, whatever. I can, I can handle this guy. I can, I can take this guy because I've got enough counters that I know I've at least got one or two things that will keep him at bay. Uh, I don't want to say you ever get comfortable in this league because <laughs> people are always really good and working hard. Uh I think my first year as a rookie, I learned a lot of new technique and it was a a good wake up moment. And I think by my second year, I started really having a lot of confidence in what I am good at and how to get better and, you know, what a coming season, you know, comes at you. 
you know, with and who the players are and how to prepare different ways. And so, you know, from that point on, I really felt like I had a, a pretty decent tool bag to, uh, to bring to the office. Let's go back in time before we get out of here, Alex. Can, can I get a Marshawn Lynch, Cal Bear? Uh, I don't know. Was he eating Skittles back in the day? What, what, what do we got on a, on a young Marshawn before he became? I mean, I just remember. So early in the O-line room, you know, I didn't know anything about, you know, football back then, really. And the seniors in the room were looking at, man, that, that new freshman running back, like I've never seen a guy move like that. And they're like from day one, they, they recognized right away that like he was a rare talent and, you know, that was in like training camp. I'm like he, man, he just runs and he turns on a dime. You know, he, this is guy, this guy's, this guy's special and like, Oh, and then, uh, you know, the rest is history from there. Like he was you know, kind of un, untackleable through all of college. Yeah. Was, hey. was he a guy? I mean, I just out of curiosity real quick. Was, was he, I, I think the perception of him from a maybe media, and I guess because of media to a fan standpoint, is he's so quiet. He's so reserved. Is that, is that who he is in your experience or is Marshawn a totally different person when the other reporters aren't in the room, the cameras aren't in the room? Uh, I'd say he's a different person when he's not put on a spotlight. You know, he can be quiet and not really want to talk to media, but then he also does like amazing things. I remember like back when he was in Buffalo, he did his uh, like Chili's commercial or something. Did the ambiance or the decor, you know, like he did like pretty funny things like that. And you'd be like just very fun, energetic kind of guy. I remember wrestling with him one time in uh, like before our weight room session. And like I wrestled in college or not college, uh, high school. So like I thought I was pretty good at wrestling and Marshawn had never wrestled before. So like, Oh, I can, I can take this guy down. And he was such an athlete that it was very difficult to like try to get anything on him. I was like, Oh, that, that didn't work. <laughs> Are you trying to do this till you're 40, Alex? Are you sending goals like that? I'm, I'm taking one year at a time, uh, seeing how this year goes and seeing how the body feels at the end of it all, and then uh, taking it from there. Okay. And you're, you, you're coming to us today uh, through our friends at Special Olympics. Why has that uh, been something that, you know, has been important to you? It's, it's on your heart. Uh, it's, uh, we, we've done a lot of work uh, with the with, uh, amazing people over there so i'm sure there's something special for you too yeah i got involved uh last year with them and we did a big thing because it was all virtual and everything so i did a big like virtual send off and teamed up and it was a, a fun adventure and in past uh pro bowls we've teamed up with uh d- doing different special olympic uh activities and it, it was it was just fun they're always really energetic the mission they accomplish and Every day they come out and try to get people involved and, you know, inclusive society. I mean, there are just so many ways the Special Olympics are doing great work every day, year in, year out. This was awesome. I had a ton of fun. Uh, I know I'm sure you did too, Vertoram. So, we, Alex, thanks, thanks for making time. Good, good luck the rest of the way here. Hope you guys get in the playoffs. I know our uh, guy runs our video team, Hunter Armour, is the biggest 49ers fan of the planet. So, uh, He'd love to see it as well. So thanks so much. 
All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. And no problem. Best of luck.